finally made it to Steelers football season is finally here. Papa Show back for another football season uh, with you guys today. We got uh, Eric stopping by the show to kind of give us uh, a rundown on the Chris Jones situation. Uh, we mainly talk a lot about this Chris Jones. Uh, obviously, I'm probably right now here within the Chiefs Kingdom, but we're finally here. We finally made it. Football season is back. Uh, less than 24 hours before kickoff with the uh, Detroit Lions. On opening night to kick off the 2023 NFL season, your defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, will be in action tomorrow night. Uh, really, uh, I guess we'll just jump right into it for real, uh, because we got a, a, a lot uh, a lot going on with this game on uh, Thursday night. Chiefs did get good news. Uh, Kadarius Tony should be 100% healthy. Uh Travis Kelsey, the only one with the designation for the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, he hyperextended his knee. We'll see how that goes. I obviously don't think that he should really even play. I've seen a lot of people saying uh, put him on a snap count, things like that. You know, we'll see how it goes. I feel like this uh, episode, I kind of wanted to get more in a general sense of just kind of outlook on the season. Uh, me and uh, EDJ really went to... Uh, Went in uh, pretty pretty good detail, I think, kind of just over the season for the most part. But uh, the Chris Jones situation, obviously. Uh, so I'm not going to ramble on too much just because me and him already did that quite a bit uh, with that Chris Jones situation. But I think this season for the Kansas City Chiefs is a, a big uh, building block year, essentially. Uh, a lot of new, a lot of new blood, uh, coupled with a lot of a lot of talent leaving. You know, Frank Clark's gone. Uh, Chris Jones, obviously, kind of up in the air. Uh, Carlos Dunlap, who really helped that defense out last year. Kind of the Chiefs have kind of gotten some veteran help the last couple of years there. Towards the end of the season, midway through the season, Melvin Ingram kind of comes to mind. Uh, even Terrell Suggs, uh, the first uh, championship. Uh, just came in. See the offense, obviously, a, a, a definitely a, a different look with the offense as we're really uh, on past the whole, I guess, Legion of Zoom era is pretty much gone. I think everybody's gone from there, actually. Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman, Cole Hardman obviously going to the Jets, Juju Smith-Schuster gone. Uh, a lot of opportunity uh, for some of these young guys to step up, like Justin Ross, Obviously, you got uh, Richie James, who has come in from the Giants as well. Uh, Rasheed Rice, name escaping me at the minute. But a big year for a lot of guys to step up. Uh, I wrote about that uh, on my last Substack blog, kind of top five storyline for the Kansas City Chiefs. They got a, a lot of potential for breakout and just to kind of see where uh, the future really lies for the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, you know, with Travis Kelsey – Possibly, more than likely, not being available week one, it, it opens that up even more, especially uh, just to see what is this offense going to be like. You know, Travis Kelsey isn't going to be here forever, and uh, you know we'll just see where it goes from here. Uh, I'm very optimistic about this season, although I'm I'm unsure at the same time. I feel like I'm more unsure this year than I was last year, but I am very excited for the potential of uh, Sky Moore. I didn't even mention obviously Kadarius Tony, as uh, I mentioned, isn't. His knee, obviously, uh, seems like it's doing well. So we're going to see him week one. I'm very excited. I'll be in attendance at the game. So uh, if you're going to be there, let me know. Uh, should be a fun, fun time. 
gates opening up at three o'clock uh, in the afternoon. So we'll see how uh, how early we get in. I know last year we got in about an hour early for that Chargers game. Like I said, I'm not gonna ramble on too much. Uh, I'll just leave that I'm pretty optimistic on this season for the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, I guess we'll go with uh, uh, me and uh, EDJ's portion uh, talking about Chris Jones and and all that good stuff and um, what the what the future holds for the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, we got DJ, my boy Eric, joining the podcast here today to talk Chris Jones and the uh, contract situation with uh, the current holdout state, of course, that Chris Jones has with the Kansas City Chiefs. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good, buddy. It's uh, two nights away from the most wonderful time of the year. So, you know, I mean, we're we're ready to go. Um I, w- I wish there was a better situation to where we could kind of, you know, know where we're at coming into Thursday night. Um, obviously, on top of, you know, Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey's injury, that, you know, remains a question mark at the moment, but we'll talk about that later. But, you know what I mean? I, I just wish we knew where we were. Cause I, I don't, and I think there's a lot of question marks that are just kind of sitting in the same place they were, you know, back in um, – draft time, you know, back in April and May, I think it's still sitting at the same spot. So a lot of questions to be remained of what Chris Jones is doing and what we're doing. Absolutely. I think with Chris Jones, I think we all kind of, at least me personally, I felt like, I guess, surprised at this point that it's dragged on this long. I didn't think that we would see it drag on like this. I feel like one of the tipping points is kind of the Frank Clark situation and kind of how that went down with Frank Clark, which I don't know, we'll, we'll hear about it someday exactly where they went. And I'm not off the top of my head. I'm not sure what he got with the Broncos, but I do know that Chris Jones wasn't happy about that. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm surprised it's dragged on this long, especially just the way you hear everybody talking about it. I, I feel like some guys are a little bit surprised. Kelsey seems, you know, doesn't understand why he hasn't signed. And, you know, based off the reports, I feel like they're not too far apart. Um, I mean, give or take $10 million, I feel like, you know, obviously that's a huge chunk of money. But at the same time, when you're talking about a 74 versus 84, I mean, and you're going to eat all these fines anyways. That's that's the main part that I don't really understand. Yeah, I mean, he's eaten, I think so far, he's eaten over a million dollars in fines just for not showing up. And like you said, I think that the last talking point that was released publicly, they were 11 to $10 million apart. Um, the length of contract, I think, has been already agreed upon is two years. Um, from I think it's four. Is. What was that? I think it's four. Is it four? I, I saw two the other day. So okay. I don't know if they changed it to two or what. Um, but at the moment, what I saw, and who knows if it's 100 factual, but yeah, I saw two years, and I believe it was 27.2 years. That's where the Chiefs were at, and Chris was at 36 or 35. So, I mean, you know, we're not necessarily that close as we'd like to be. And it's kind of turning into the Randall Brown situation where, you know, we offered him a contract, I believe, earlier in the year, and he just didn't want it. So, I mean, you know, you kind of – if you're a Chief fan, you're kind of wondering, you know, well, where are we going with this then? Because we just saw this happen with Orlando Brown, 
you know, in a in a I wouldn't necessarily say a botch contract situation, but one that could have been handled better. Um, I think it was botched by Orlando Brown. I, I agree. I think it was too. I mean, he had. I think at one point we ended up matching him on his deal, or pretty dang close, and he just said, "Ah, no, never mind." So I mean, you know, good luck in Cincinnati. But Chris, I, I, I heard someone say on the radio. I think it was HK a couple of days ago. The Chiefs' window to trade Chris Jones is closed. Absolutely. They should have traded him on draft night. Absolutely. But now, one, you're not going to get as much for him. Two, teams are going to want to keep him in the conference to slow down your team. So I doubt you're going to get a lot of good offers from the two teams. Because you're not necessarily getting a lot. I heard Seattle was probably the only NFC team who had some medium interest interest. Um, but obviously that's all about division. So I think the Cowboys too. Well, I mean Cowboys are interested in everybody. I mean, we're, I mean we're fair, really fair enough. And they just got Trey Lance for God's sake. So I mean if you talk about trades that are not even good, I mean the Cowboys are pretty good in those too. But yeah. you know, I I, I don't know. There's a lot of what ifs and there's a lot of maybes, but being $11 million apart two nights away from your season opener isn't necessarily a good point <laughs> to be at. Um, no, I agree. And you wait until week eight, which you have to, and you said you will. So you can either pay them or trade them, but you're not going to give them as much as you were initially. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Well, and for me, the biggest part about wait until week eight is kind of what I was talking about a minute ago. Is just if you're gonna give up, it's gonna be fourteen million dollars at that point. If you're gonna give up fourteen million dollars to stand on, you know, the money that you want. At the end of the day, what if you want the eighty-four and a half? Right. right. You know, it's mm-hmm. like at that point, it's like, what do you? I, I get there's a point to be proven, and I, I think that's that's part of it. Is there's a point to be proven by the players, to the owners, to the you know, uh, players' association. There's there's a lot of uh, tug and war, t- tug of war going on. I think right now with NFL contracts, just in general, you saw with Lamar Jackson, you're seeing it with Chris Jones, you're seeing it with Nick Bosa. Um, you know, guys want to push that threshold of the money they're going to be making, and I think on one side the owners are still a little bit. Maybe leery because, you know, we just went through the whole COVID era and the salary cap going down for the first time and, you know, God knows when. Um, So I think the players are trying to push to, you know, get back in the other direction. But then it's also like you have these deals like Deshaun Watson. It's just like, what the hell? I mean, like, how are you paying this guy that, you know, at the end of the day where he's at? Because with the Orlando Brown situation like you're talking about, Orlando Brown – kind of played himself. And I, th- I think, you know, Cincinnati really, you know, their fan base took that as such a win. You know, they signed this guy for less than the Chiefs offered him. It's like, well, he proved through the season he wasn't worth the contract we offered him in the first place. So at that position, at left tackle, you know, yeah, you want to go to right tackle, you know, maybe we can make make something work. Or, um, So at, at the same time, I feel like Chris Jones doesn't have anything to play for. I mean, he deserves that contract. He's the best defensive tackle in the league last year. And I will die on that hill. And, uh, you know, a big part of why the Chiefs won a Super Bowl again. I mean, 
you know, really an iconic moment, I feel like, in Chiefs history we'll look back on is, you know, uh, Chris Jones sacking Joe Burrow and running off, wave into the crowd. Yeah, I mean, it's the, I, I'll get to that. The annoying part about that is those were his first two career sacks in the game. That's fair. So I think where a lot of people lie, where they look at the Chiefs defense, okay, and they look at it with and without Chris Jones. What's the biggest difference with or without Chris Jones? Because when you look at it, obviously, other than last year, the Chiefs weren't necessarily getting to the ball with Chris Jones either way. Yeah. So they had to add Carl Office. They had to add, you know, a couple of different pieces there in order just to get to the quarterback. And let's be real, Frank Clark wasn't a different quarterback either. I mean, he never really got well, a playoff Frank Clark well, is different. Yeah, All right. but, I, but I mean, you know, I mean, it, it's, I think a lot of people feel like it's justified to be, well, wait a minute. I mean, if our defense are going to be that much different with or without Chris Jones, because I mean, if you look at the numbers, it's, they're really not that big of a difference. They may not show since the defense has not been very good, but there's just not that big of a difference between the two other than the sack differential that Chiefs had last year, which was great. But that's the first time we've done that. And I think Alex Smith was here. You know, Justin Houston, Tom Mahali. I mean, you know, all those guys. But they haven't had a defense like that in a long time. Okay, so I'll give you one number. And I put this in one of my uh, blogs that I just recently put out this week talking about the Chris Jones uh, situation. So in the last five seasons, the Chiefs' defense with Chris Jones on the field has a quarterback pressure percentage of 35%. That ranks first in the NFL. Versus when Chris Jones is off the field, 27%. That's 28th best in the league. So I think basically what, what I'll play off of that stat to say is that I think Chris Jones is a big key in getting other guys open uh, to, to rush the pa- uh, quarterback. And I think that's the biggest place that they're going to really hurt for Chris Jones because um, that's another thing I kind of talked about in the top five storylines was, you know, the, the one, the pass rush, but two, the rush defense because the rush defense is terrible at, at the yeah. end of the day. You know, when these top-tier teams want to run all over the Chiefs, I mean, they average five yards per carry. The Bengals did it. Um, I'm pretty sure the Bills did it. Um, you know, you got – that, that Bills game is one that sticks out. It was earlier in the season, but it just seemed like, you know, they threw a split back on the field, and, you know, one of your guys has taken out Nick Bolton, and as long as you take out Nick Bolton and can get past that first level, which really hasn't been that difficult with the guys that the Chiefs have put out there. Now, granted, mm-hmm. that's why you bring in uh, Keandre Coburn and uh, what's Neil Farrell that they brought in from the Raiders. I think that's a big reason why they brought both of those guys in. I don't think that – you know, I like Derek Naughty, but I don't know if he's necessarily cutting it uh, when it comes down to it. So, I mean, the Chiefs did add depth to try to handle that. And you look at a guy like Charles Omaniah uh, that, you know, could step into that role at D-tackle too and maybe be a uh, a pass rusher from the inside. Uh, but, again, he's out for the first six weeks. So, uh, the Chiefs defense is kind of a mess walking into the season. It'll get better, obviously, one with time and the team growing together. 
um, but also, you know, getting um, uh, Charles Omenihue uh, back from uh, injury. So, I don't know. I think Chris Jones does play a big part in the defense, but it's not like they can't win ballgames without Chris Jones. I agree. I mean, I, th- I think they can't win games without Chris Jones. Um, but, you know, I, I think the bigger question is, you know, where does that fall come, you know, November, December? Um, where is Chris Jones impact, you know, play? Well, and um, how, how much does the, the holdout impact Chris Jones and Chris Jones' play? Right. Right. That's it. Because, I mean, we don't know what kind of shape Chris is in. You know, we don't know, you know, how well he's doing. We don't know if he has, you know, an injury here or there. We, we just don't know because he hasn't done anything. So there's a lot of question marks around, you know, how healthy Chris is, you know, how willing he is to, you know, just jump in and play. And he could sign the contract and, you know, decide he needs another week, another season. You know, and then we're sitting here three or four weeks, he's got his money. He hasn't played yet because he's not ready. So I think that's the other flip side of the coin that people have to realize. Yeah, Chris can sign tonight, but he probably isn't playing until week three. Just due to the fact of him needing to be in shape for the season. I don't know if Chris works out, you know, hard like he's in the offseason like he's producing better. So he may not need to be in shape, you know, but in shape and game shape are two different things, you know. So it's going to take him a while just to get physically ready for the season. So he can sign at midnight, which the Chiefs like to do midnight deal, for some reason too. Um, but, you know, we could see him at midnight, you know, sign tonight. But he won't be ready until, what, the Bear game? If that? Probably. Now, that's assuming that he does do that. That's assuming he isn't ready. But, you know, people are going to – I think people are hoping that if he signs tonight or tomorrow – that he'll come out Thursday. He's not playing Thursday. Oh, yeah, there's even no he, way. Even if he signs tonight or tomorrow, he's not playing Thursday. So I want people to understand, Chris Jones will not play Thursday. If he signed, he does, if he, yeah, if he signed yesterday, he's not playing Thursday. I feel like, right. you know, he he's not he hasn't practiced all week, and there's no way Andy Reid's throwing him out there on a Thursday night. No. Uh, off no practice and no training yeah. camp. Right, no. And, and, and I think, you know, I, that's what people – People are expecting. Right. You know, but that's just not going to happen. And he's not going to play. Like I said, he's not going to play week two. He's probably, it's going to be questionable if he plays the Bears. So, you know, I mean, I said the Bears, but he may not play. He may not even play the Bears. So he may not play for week four. So he got three weeks without Chris Jones. So he's got his money. Or, you know, he can sit out till week eight and then have to wait three weeks, and if the Chiefs are, you know, in a position which they have been for the past, you know, five, six years, we may not use him until January. Yeah. and There's no point of using Well, and to me, the longer this goes on, the worse it is for the Chiefs just in general, no matter what, no matter whether he's signed or he's not signed, because the longer it goes on, like you said, the deeper you're getting into the season, the deeper you're getting into the year, and... And, you know, like I was talking about a minute ago, you know, you you really look for these guys to gel together, you know. And um, I feel like the Chiefs are the best team at doing that in the last few years. It's like they come together right at the end. You know, they go on a run, and that's how they've won two Super Bowls. They, they went on just these immaculate runs. And, you know, I mean, I guess having Chris Jones join, like, you know, one of those pieces they've had, like uh, Ingram or Dunlap or – 
But yeah, you also got to think these are guys that have, you know, Ingram was playing with the Dolphins that year up until he signed with the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, I think they dropped him and then the Chiefs picked him up. Um, or was he with the Steelers? One or the other, but... I can't remember where he was at the time, but I mean, it, yeah, I like you. I mean, it's a good point. A lot of those guys, Chiefs picked up, so they had been playing. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think when he was, did he get Dunlap at the beginning of the year, or was he one of the mid-time, mid-season events? I almost think we got him at the beginning of the year. He just didn't play a ton in too. the beginning. Yeah, I think we did too. But, I mean, you know, a lot of these guys that, you know, Brett Beach brings in mid-season or, you know, close to playoff season, um, they're all great moves, and they've all paid off. I mean, you know, Carlos Dunlap was a great move. Melvin Ingram was a great move. You know, so all these guys that he brings in are great. But you have to have, like you're saying, your core, you know, people in place because the Chiefs are a young, young defense who need consistency. And, if, you know, if they're not offering that and Chris Jones is saying he's going to sit out, then they're going to have to have those young pieces come in. They're going to have Carlos come in. They're going to have to have, you know, Felix come in and play right off the bat. So, you know, there's a lot of pieces to this Chiefs defense that you're just not really sure of. Not, not I can't say that. That is young. Yeah. And you're just not sure how they can handle, you know, the leader of the defense outside of Milton not being there. Yeah, and that's another thing I mentioned in the top five storylines of just uh, the youth movement on defense, I think, is a big – uh, kind of, it, it's. I think it's even more prevalent than it was last year because you get, uh, oh man, I'm not going to butcher his name right here right now, but Felix, as you said, the man from K-State. Yeah, I said that to be careful. Yeah, no, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I caught that. So, um, But you got Karloftis on the other side. You've got all of these guys, Bolton, who's what is third, I think third year now, um, Willie Gay, still young, um, and then that whole secondary besides Snead is all just, second year guys pretty much and you're still adding to it you know uh, Keandre Coborn that uh, was drafted this year Felix like I said that was drafted this year you're just adding and pretty much the turnover is here Frank Clark's gone Um, but Colin Saunders is gone all of those role players of the past really it seems like other than what Michael Dana I mean are pretty much gone you've got Derek Nottie and Turk Wharton still in the middle but for the most part, I feel like even Juan Thornhill's gone, you know. Um, Math, Tyron Matthew, gone. Um, Anthony Hitchens, gone. You know, you have all of these guys that have dropped off of the defense over the last three years strategically, and I think, you know, rightfully so. I mean, if you're going to continue to try to keep winning Super Bowls, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to have turnover. And I think with Chris Jones, personally where I sit, I kind of sit in the middle because I'm a big Chris Jones fan. I want to see Chris Jones get paid. But on the other end, at the same time, you know, I mean, the Chiefs have gotten here by not overpaying guys and, you know, keeping them here long term. If that's what they wanted, they can go find that somewhere else. And with Chris Jones at this point to where we've gotten, I almost think that, like, it may be time to move on from Chris Jones. And as much as I don't like that or the thought of that, you know, I'm a huge crank or Frank Clark fan. And, you know, literally the day he was waived, I got uh, my jersey in the mail. Um, it, was a, it was a really somber day here at my household. But, um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. Like, this, the, it, it just has to happen, you know. It just has to happen. The turnover has to happen. It, it is what it is. Well, I, 
you're right. I mean, it does have to happen. And, you know, you're talking about Rodrigo Steed. That's another guy that, you know, we're not sure of what the deal is about. It. You know, well, I've heard there's a deal on the table. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like it's a deal that he's willing to sign, but he's waiting on Chris. So, you know, and I should say the Chiefs are waiting on Chris, but, you know, and that's another thing I don't think people really realize is that all of these guys that sign contracts, it affects a new contract. Yeah. You know, if Chris hasn't signed yet, well, then he isn't going to sign because he doesn't know what the cap room's going to be, you know, after that. And then you go into next year, you got Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. They're going to get paid. Those, those are the ones know. I'm really worried about, honestly. Yeah, because, I mean, they're going to get paid. Now, luckily, linemen don't usually break the market unless you're a left tackle. I mean, that's fair. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, they are going to probably get paid way above market value, but it's not going to kill you. Yeah. Um, Nick Bolton's one's going to have to get paid. You yeah. know, Willie Gay can probably get cheaper just because he's not necessarily a star name, well, but he's a great linebacker. You know, and honestly, so, I think that Bolton, and, and this is dependent on what the actual league, how they see him and, you know, monetary value, but... Um, I think that you could almost get away with probably not having to pay Bolton. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure kind of where the linebacker market's at off the top of my head. But I think that you could almost get away with it just because he's not seen as a star. I mean, look at last year. He wasn't even uh, um, an all-pro. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't even an all-pro. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, we all watch him play every week, and we know what you know kind of guy Nick Bolton is and what kind of player he is. But – you know, he might not have a ton of value on the open market, uh, possibly. Well, I, I don't know how you don't put market on or market value on somebody after you saw what he did in the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, I just I don't really know. Because, I mean, technically the guy had two, but, I mean, call it what you will. I mean, that other fumble was bullshit. It was a fumble. But, you know, I mean, Nick Bolton, you know, took over that game, I thought. I agree. And, I mean, he does that every week. So, and he I mean, should have had two of them. Mm-hmm. And he had tackles all over the field. I mean, he was all over the place. So, I mean, but that's how he plays. So, I mean, Nick Bolton, I think, like, I think you're absolutely right. I think he does get underrated. So, the NFL, the league is going to look at him and be like, eh, you know, he's all right. Right. You know, but that takes advantage of us because we're going to pay him, you know, a decent amount of money. But it's not going to break the bank. The guys that are, you know, like, like I'm worried about, like you said, I think, of Creed Humphrey and Chris Smith. You know, what are we going to do with those two? Because, but again, you know, linemen don't break the bank. So I think that's just a big concern moving forward is, and you know, I talked about this before we started, you know, is how do you follow that particular model so well? Because, I mean, obviously Beach is a GM who, you know, we've seen it with Tyreek, if you don't want my first offer, you know, that I think is a pretty big offer. I'll sign someone for you. You know, and I mean, I, I, I don't think there was really an offer to Chris at that time, so I don't think they got to that point. So I think if we had a deal in place before the draft and Chris said no, I don't think we're talking about Chris Jones and Chief anymore. I really well, don't. You know, I, I wholeheartedly believe that this Chris Jones situation may um, do a couple of things. It may change the Chief's mindset and change it to a bit of a colder mindset. Set, if that makes sense, just because when when the Chiefs were coming off the Super Bowl, I mean, you remember the tweet uh, Chris Jones put out saying that uh, you know I don't want to play for anywhere but Kansas City. You know, we he 
I feel like he kind of, I don't want to say sold, sold a bridge to the Chiefs and Chiefs Kingdom and Brett Veach and all of them. But obviously, you win a Super Bowl, you're more relaxed. You're kind of letting things kind of go by, you know, go in the wind and just kind of let things go how they go. Let, let it flow. And I think that the Chiefs kind of let it flow just a little bit too much because now here we are. I think they thought by draft he'll probably sign. Well, all right, he'll probably sign before camp. I mean, I remember all the reports. Was, oh, Chris Jones is going to sign right before camp. Oh, Chris Jones is going to sign a couple of days into camp. Oh, Chris Jones isn't going to miss any uh, – you know, full pad practice. Oh, Chris Jones is going to sign when the preseason starts. Oh, Chris Jones is going to, you know, it's just on and on and on and on and on. And I think that everybody was super optimistic about it. And I, I can't speak for Chris Jones exactly, but, you know, and I'm sure he probably was too. And, you know, things kind of just, you know, the ball just started rolling. And I think he just kind of decided that he was going to stick it out and, you know, get get the kind of, or, you know, get the money that he wanted and he felt like he was deserved. Maybe his agent had something to do with it. You know, none of us know. So I think that this may force the Chiefs to kind of be a little bit more cold-hearted when it comes to these contract situations. Just like they were with the Tyreek deal. I mean, they knew they were going right. to re-sign Tyreek once, you know, the the money, you know, started getting thrown around and talked about and what uh, Christian Kirk's deal went through and I think the A.J. Brown trade or – it wasn't the Browns. Something. There's a couple things that happened that changed the whole value uh, for what Tyreek's deal was going to be. And the Chiefs knew instantly, okay, we got to trade him. You know, now maybe if something like that were to happen on the D line market, the interior defensive line market at that time, and they knew that they couldn't match that, I don't know. But I, I also don't think that they expected, which I can't remember what, how much Donald is. But I know eighty four and a half is under it. I think it's somewhere in the ninety million range for Aaron Donald. I have no idea, but I know it's close to hundred. Yeah, but the Chiefs, I think, felt like they were going to be able to definitely catch a hometown discount on Chris Jones. And I mean, at seven, I mean, seven, okay, seventy four million. That's hometown discount, absolutely. But uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think the Chiefs were always number four. You know. Um, like you said, a hometown discount, and I, I don't know if they'll get one, you know, but like we said, I think there are offers on the table that have been published recently um, for as much as $11 million away, so like you said, you know, they sit out and count until 14, so what's the difference between there and not? So, right. it, I just, I don't know, you know, I mean, it, we can talk about, you know, how the Patriots broke with Dynasty and how, you know, they did all these things the right way, and, you know, Paid all these players so little, but towards the end, when they had a 10 year run, we didn't win anything. Towards the end, Brady got tired of, you know, playing with nobody. Yeah. And I, I think that showed, and, you know, Tom Brady's the best quarterback of all time, but he got tired of playing with nobody. So you kind of have to, at some point, say, okay, we can do this model. But we have to do it differently. So I think the Tyreek Hill trade was a bit different than what the Patriots would have done. Um, I think this handling Chris Jones is a little bit more of how they would handle it. But I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, Chris Jones isn't going to be ready for a long time. And if he's going to sign in the next 24, 48 hours. So we're about to find out. 
you know, how big of an actual impact this was on being made. Because yeah, one game, one game we saw um, in Arizona, they looked good. And they looked pretty good without him. You know, the you defense know, hasn't looked bad in the preseason, honestly. Mm-hmm. They really haven't. I mean, the third game, I don't really count because the Browns were playing their starters and the Chiefs really weren't. Yeah. And so, I mean, if you want to count that, you can. But, I mean, the Chiefs came out and beat them with the third game, so that's not good. But, and, and the two games you saw, the defense wasn't terrible. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. It was just, it's youth. It's youth and inexperience that, you know, Leach wants to bring and Tyler's going to have to work with. And it's just something we're going to have to get used to. You know, unfortunately, it's going to be young defenses to pay Mahomes and to pay the offense around them. And the other thing is that, you know, we've seen, you know, earlier today, I think, you know, hit more serious home. Travis is almost done. And, it, you know, it's not like he's five years out. He's probably two years, maybe. You know, and one serious injury away from maybe eight years. So, I mean... Who? Travis Kelsey. I mean, you know, he's probably a year, yeah. two years out at the most. And if he, you know, does end up that knee injury being more serious, he's a year out. So, you know, I think a lot of people need to realize that this team is about to change. You know, in a lot of ways. You know, you know I absolutely, I absolutely agree with you. And with Kelsey, I don't know. They they are definitely holding on to. He is that safety net of that offense. And I don't – I'm not trying to say that that offense won't be able to operate without him, but that is going to take away a huge weapon that the Kansas City Chiefs have and would change the offense again. And, I mean, just look at how the offense has changed, you know, from the early Tyreek days of the, you know, vertical, down the field, all the time offense versus a um, very, you know, different dink and dump type of offense. Something that uh, Locked On Chiefs, um, Ryan Tracy, had said earlier this week, or maybe it was last week, that I thought was uh, fascinating, is uh, you think the Chiefs will switch to a 3-4 next year from a 4-3? Uh, talking about change and, you know, this Chris Jones situation maybe, you know, fueling that kind of possibility? Um, I, I think anything's on the table. And, you know, I think they definitely could trade to more of a 3-4, you know, have more of a... Um, Your linebackers you know, more, are set up for it. You have More of the linebacker blitzes, yeah. more of the corner pressures. I mean, you know, I think it's going to be a lot more dependent on, you know, where our linebacker core is at. But, you know, they have Trey Quill now from the Chargers that we brought over. Uh, you know, we have Willie, or Willie Gay, Nick Bolton. I mean, so, and don't forget Chanel about Leo Chanel on the other side. Uh, yeah, Chanel, yeah. So, I mean, we've got a lot of good linebackers. Yeah. You know, we just have to figure out, and if we switch to 3-4, they're going to get played more. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it definitely is a possibility. You know, I, and who knows how much longer Spagnuolo is even going to be here. You know, so I, I don't I don't think we'll see Spagnuolo here that much longer. If, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year, he's not going to come back. You know, he's going to get a job somewhere else. Um or he'll retire. I don't know, but I just I can't. I was about to say, do you think so? Because I honestly almost don't think that Spags will get another head coaching shot. Because what he's had with the Giants, I want to say maybe I'm wrong on the Giants, but well, he had the, the Rams. Rams, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know the Rams for sure. 
just for reference, I looked it up. Aaron Donald's total value is at ninety five million. Okay, uh, with that's a, pretty close to hundred. Yeah, thirty one point six APY. Mm-hmm. And then what's that? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth on the list is current uh, the current contract of Chris Jones, eighty million total value, twenty million APY. So eighty over four years. Um, yeah, give him another eighty. Because at the end of the day, so that would be what a five and a half or four and a half million dollar increase if they went with eighty four and a half, which. I don't know. The only thing is, like, how much gas does Chris Jones have left in him? And at the end of the day, I mean, kind of the – I don't know. I think that's kind of being slighted towards him, saying that he's not a huge impact on the Chiefs' defense. But, you know, I, I mean, only time until, like you said, Thursday night we'll be able to talk to him. We'll be able to see. So, Well, I, I don't – that's the thing. I, I don't know if it will be told on Thursday night. Well, you know, because, yeah. I mean – I think it'll be told weeks with week nine, week ten. If Chris is just not there, yeah. Um, you know, well, I mean, it'll have to be, but if you know, I think it's going to be told pretty quick. Um, I think we'll probably see that bigger impact probably week four. You know, week four, week five. Um, once you start getting into those divisional and once you start yeah. getting into divisional games, who is the first divisional opponent? Uh, off the top of my head, I'm not sure what week one. I think it's Denver. Or comp- yeah. I think Denver is the first West game we play. I think you may be right because I know it's so Detroit, Jacksonville, Chicago. I'm not 100 sure on that. So, um, EJ, what's your uh, final prediction? What's what's going to happen in this situation? How's it going to shake out? I, I I don't see it going anywhere good, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I think we're at a point now to where Chris is willing to sit out. Zeke is going to have his mindset of where the money is. So unless if Chris can realize that, you know, the difference is only $3 million because he's going to be paying fourteen, I, I don't think we're going to get a deal done before week eight. Um, but crazier things have happened. You know, crazier contract deals have happened overnight, but I don't think we will see one until week eight, unfortunately. I just, I just don't. At this point, I don't. At this point, I almost agree with you because even just earlier – what in the week last week I honestly thought all right he'll he'll come to a sense of soon and I feel like the more this drags on the more I kind of even in the the piece that I wrote about the Chris Jones contract situation I said that I you know thought they'd get a deal done sooner rather than later I think even just since what I think I wrote that Sunday night it's Tuesday night now and I think that I've kind of changed my thought process on that and opinion by the way you were right the Broncos the first divisional game October 12th so, I mean, you know, once they get past Russell Wilson, I mean, then we'll see, you know, the challenges of the defense. Because, um, I mean, Russell Wilson is just absolutely terrible. Um, who do they play after Denver? Um, let me pull up the full schedule. That was just a home game going on. Because I think the Chargers come up pretty quickly after that. Yeah, that's the next home game afterwards. Mm-hmm. So you got the Broncos week six and the Chargers directly after week seven. Afternoon game at home. 
That one would be a big Chris Jones game if he's not there. Yeah. Because um, you got a Thursday night game at home against the Broncos, and then mm-hmm. so you get a full, you know, what week and a half until you get right. the Broncos back or uh, the Chargers at home. So that's true because I think all but like one of the Chiefs games are a late game or a night game. So is that Chargers game a three twenty five? Yeah, it's a three twenty five game. Yeah. Uh, and then you turn around and go right back to play Denver on the road the following week. That see, I don't know. I I think the NFL realized that the Chiefs playing Denver in December isn't working anymore. No, um, we don't need to see that in December. Yeah. Also, well, if mean, we could stop playing the Raiders in the final week, okay, also. That, that was my next point. I mean, <laughs> I think the Raiders, us playing the Raiders in December is a leaving net. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think we're just going to have to play the Chargers in December from now on, which is fine. And the Chargers are the week 18 game uh, right. in LA. Right. No, so, there so, you go. It's so, not I mean, a bad finish. Week 16 Raiders, week 17 Bengals at home, and then you go on the road to play. So it'll be home, home away in the final three weeks. Yeah, I mean, I just wish we'd played the Bengals earlier in the year, but that's fair. Seems like they keep giving us the Bills early and the Bengals late because the Bills, I feel like they're, I guess it's kind of middle of the season, week fourteen. So that's a little later in the year. Last year, I'm pretty say, sure last it was earlier. Yeah, week five or six. Something like that. Yeah. It's usually week five or six we play the Bills, but yeah. I guess they decided to make it week 14 this year. I, I, I don't know. I mean, unfortunately, you know, I, it just doesn't look great. You know, and, and not for the Chiefs, but for the Chris Jones situation yeah. itself. Um, it doesn't look great. But, um, I mean, obviously, I guess, you know, we still have 48 hours. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Right, and it just goes to show how much – Chiefs Kingdom has to talk about because just me and you spent what forty minutes just about rambling on just about Chris Jones and this contract situation. Just goes to show what a big deal uh, this is and what what an impact it has on the team in general. Whether, like you said, it doesn't necessarily look bad for the Chiefs' outlook altogether. I don't think it's as doom and gloom as a lot of people think it is or feel that it is. You know, um, because well, I think. That's- that's that's the thing that I was just going to say. I think people are so worried that Chris Jones not being there is just going to ruin our season. It's, right. it's really not. I mean, I mean, like I said, even with Chris, you know, the the stats and the numbers aren't other than the pressures aren't necessarily that different. Right. You know, I mean, so you know, if we give up thirty points with Chris, we're going to give up thirty without. Him. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I think that's another thing people have to realize. It's not like the Chiefs outside defense all year long with Chris on the field. Right. You know, it, it took him a while to get to that point. It's usually playoff football by the time Chiefs have a good defense anyway. So it really doesn't matter, but it would be great to have him back. Absolutely agree with you. Well, uh, I appreciate you stopping by the podcast, Mr. EDJ. Yeah, man, it's a lot of fun. I mean, obviously we'll talk about, you know, Chiefs football obviously as the year goes along, but um, – Thursday night, two nights away. Feels weird to say, but we're almost there. We are almost there. Exciting times. All right, always good to have uh, Eric on the show. EDJ stopping by, my uh, co-host of Wrestling with Kayfabe, former co-host of the Showbank Show. Really appreciate uh, him stopping by, giving his thoughts on the Chris Jones situation. See where we go from here. Somewhat optimistic, not 100% sure, recording that uh, last night. I'm still really unsure on the Chris Jones situation. Just personally, my personal 
humble opinion. But if you did enjoy this episode, go ahead and like, uh, subscribe if you want more content like this as well. Um, let's see, if you're on Spotify or uh, any podcast platform, go ahead and follow along. Uh, we'll be, uh, I'll be talking about Chiefs all season. Uh, my Substack as well, uh, popshownotes.substack.com. I'll be dropping uh, blogs uh, all throughout the year, game previews, uh, post-game, but uh, we'll see. It's going to be a fun year. Excited for the Kansas City Chiefs this year and uh, just to see what the football season in general brings us. And uh, I think it's going to be a good year. So, like I said, if you, if you like, if you enjoyed this, like, subscribe, and we will see you next time.